Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1176, air date March 1st, 2023. Hello, good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Today, we're going to be having a very interesting science discussion um, on a very interesting part of your body known as the pericytes, P-E-R-I-C-Y-T-E-S. It's not parasites, it's pericytes. And um, it's an area of research that I've worked on um, many years ago, published a major paper with my colleagues at USC um, on the function of these pericytes, P-E-R-I-C-Y-T-S. And uh, briefly, um, it's this red structure right here that you see on the surface of a capillary. We'll be discussing this very um, slowly um, so everyone understands the importance of this shortly. But it is these pericytes that are throughout your body. They're in the vasculature of your body, which means they surround your capillaries, which are everywhere um, in your heart, um, your kidney, your brain, et cetera. And they control the flow of blood. They modulate many things. We'll, we'll talk about this. Um, so the pericytes are work that I worked on with, again, my colleagues at USC, wrote a very important paper in Nature Neuroscience, which we'll review. And this is back in 2015. Um, the reason we're going to have this discussion is because all of you are going to learn that these, what is the function of these pericytes and how um, the spike protein, which may come from two sources, it may come from the COVID-19 you know, virus um, surface particles known as the spike proteins. It can also come from the vaccine. And um, the basis of our work that was done back in 2015 was referenced in other work after more recently, one in 2021 and 2022, 2023 recently. And we'll discuss how one of those papers showed that the spike protein affects the pericytes to um, lead to what's called clotting through the inflammation process through the CD147 receptor in the, in, in the heart. And similarly, other work more recently showed that the spike protein in the brain, neural pericytes, affects the brain in a way through the AC2 receptor where it causes vasoconstriction along those vasculature. And don't worry, I'm going to go through this slowly. And also, it affects thrombosis in the brain. So um, there's a deeper understanding of the mechanisms, the system's biology. The other thing we're going to talk about is that the Oxford vaccine, which was your traditional, you know, vaccine where they gave the antigen, this, you know, uh, the virus, essentially the deadened virus spike protein, and then there is the Pfizer vaccine and the mRNA vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. Interesting enough, we're gonna, we're gonna learn that in their side effects, they have talked about that those vaccines have the side effect in a very, according to them, in a very small percentage that can lead to cardiac vascular thrombosis, which is clotting, CVT. Um, the reality, some people have a higher proclivity for CVT than others, and we'll talk about that, but our goal of our discussion is to, um, as, as has been since I've been involved in this for many years, in 2019, we talked about the immune system in 2020. Our goal is to go beyond this left-right 
pro-vax, anti-vax narrative to really educate you on the science, which is what we've always been doing. We're not grifters here at Truth, Freedom and Health. We're people really dedicated to your advancement of knowledge so you can make critical decisions. Um, in the tweets and the Facebook posts I've been doing today, I've been talking about a lot of these scumbags, these MDs who said nothing in 2019, 2020, and now they're being heralded as though they're helping you when in fact, guys like Jay Bhattacharya, who comes out of Stanford University, which is basically the headquarters, you might as well call it the headquarters of the CIA, Stanford. Um, back in 2020, this guy was telling people, oh yeah, we should do the lockdowns, you know, that he was pro-vax and we should support masks. And now he goes the other way after all the damages occurred, okay? And we'll talk about that too. But the reality is these grifters, MDs, do not trust MDs, do not trust celebrities. Now we're talking about, oh, we're against the mandates and blah, 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 or these politicians. The issue is, were they teaching you the science when it mattered in 2019 and 2020 and arming you? Our movement, the work I did, was the only one to do that on the planet in 2019 and 2020. We didn't grift. And that's what we want to talk about. So before I start that, uh, as people are joining. And by the way, you'll notice our viewership, which we used to have thousands years, gone down like to 86 because the scumbag Elon Musk at Twitter, the people over at Facebook are really choking our viewership with the shadow banning. And it's really unfortunate because it's basically they're putting, uh, you know, they allow you back on, but they put you in a cage because they don't believe free speech equals free reach. So they're playing a controlled free speech game. So that's what's going on, okay? So let me, uh, before I start, I wanna uh, just let you know that the approach that we take is a systems approach here, and it begins with my own personal journey to systems. I'm gonna play this video and we'll start shortly, but today's talk is about the spike protein, the systems biology of the spike protein on pericytes and on the blood clots. You're gonna really get a deep understanding, but let me just play you a video and we'll come back. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. VA Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education, community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to VA Shiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel. While in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There I investigated the system of sleep using mathematics, computer science, and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. 
It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical, paper-based inter-office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent, a system which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30, 1982, I was awarded the first U.S. copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. Cytosol, a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer. And to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food. These innovations led me back on a Fulbright to India, where I discovered the missing link between Eastern medicine and Western systems theory, honoring my grandmother to develop your body, your system, a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system and how the inputs of food, supplements, and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state. And systems health, an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems, the science of everything, be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, health. Now is the time for you to be the light, learn the science of systems, build community and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to VA Shiva. All right, everyone. So every Thursday tomorrow, we will be hosting an open house for Truth, Freedom, and Health. And all of you are invited uh, to come there. All you need to do is something very simple. Um, you just need to uh, sign up for the open house. You can RSVP at vashiva.com slash orientation. And I hope you come. But our uh, bottom line is to educate all of you in a systems approach, uh, which goes beyond vax, beyond anti-vax, beyond left and right. But the fundamental goal is for people to understand how systems work. And there's a science to systems. And if you don't learn the science, you're gonna be taken advantage of by these grifters and politicians and celebrities. And you're always gonna be outsourcing your future to these scumbags. Um, and uh, you know, many of you know I can speak very technically and scientifically, but I also have a great anger and a hatred for these people. And you should also, it's very important to use the right uh, curse word at the right time with the right people. It's very, very important. So don't let people say, oh, you shouldn't curse. Well, no, you should curse at the right time for the right person, okay? So let today though, we're gonna really learn about um, a very important part of your uh, body. So let's begin at a very high level. Your body is a system. There's a book I have, I think over here on this side called Your Body, Your System. Uh, when you uh, go to truthfreedomhealth.com and you become a warrior scholar, you get access to a bunch of stuff, but that's one of them. But fundamentally, your body is a system. Throughout your body are blood vessels. Those vessels are composed of, for example, uh, things called arteries and veins. Arteries pump oxygenated blood through the rest of your body and veins bring the deoxygenated blood back, which need to be oxygenated. It's that simple. Um, but if you 
follow an artery all the way through, which is pumping this oxygenated blood. Eventually, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And um, where it becomes these very fine um, blood vessels known as capillaries. Capillaries. And so what does a capillary look like? Okay. Well, a capillary looks like the following. All right. I'm going to bring up a picture and we'll walk through this. But what you see here is the capillary is literally like a tunnel. Okay. And it's called the uh, microvasculature. Okay. It's called the microvasculature. And this microvasculature is where blood cells are flowing through and the blood cells are oxygenated and they deliver different nutrients to other parts of your body. And then they bring the deoxygenated blood cells back up through the veins, back to your lungs where they get oxygenated. But we're looking at a capillary. Now, the capillaries are in your heart. The capillaries are everywhere throughout your body, in your lungs, your liver, and your brain. Um, and just to give you some background on this, when you look at the capillary, so here's the blood vessel, the capillary, it, and you look deeper into it, the surface, the inner surface of the capillary is composed of these cells, you see? Um, let me go over here. It's composed of these cells, as you can see. And so this green part is one endothelial cell. Here's another endothelial cell. So these are cells almost like tiles on the surface of that tunnel, that capillary, okay? And that's what the green here represents. And what we're looking at here is the capillary, the vasculature feeding your brain. Outside of this is a neuron, and here's an astrocyte, here's a microglia. But just consider that this little tunnel is one little vasculature feeding your brain, okay? And the basement membranes here, and then you have the cell, which is composed of the endothelial cells. But the capillary surrounded every so many, about 100 micrometers, by something called pericytes. That's the red structure right here. See, this is thing. And then here's another one over here, back here. So every so often along that tunnel of that capillary, are these things called peri, not parasites, P-E-R-I-C-Y-T-E. And that's another kind of cell, okay? And why are these cells important, okay? So these cells are extremely important for very all these different functions. Several years ago, um, uh, yeah, so where someone said, are these in your lungs? Well, wherever you have the vasculature, the pericytes exist, okay? Uh, all right, good. So you're breathing in, your body takes in oxygen, um, your veins are bringing the deoxygenated blood from the capillaries up to, into the veins to your lungs, your oxygen goes into that blood, it gets oxygenated, goes back to your heart, and your heart pumps this oxygenated blood out through your arteries. We've talked about this before, um, uh, into your capillaries, um, which feeds all parts of your body, okay? Now, in 2015, um, I did some very, very good work, which got published in the number one journal in the world known as Nature Neuroscience. Let me take you over to that, and we're going to talk about the work that we did on capillaries. Again, this is back in 2015. So let me go over here. So this was that paper that was published. Let me zoom in a little bit and make it a little bit easier for everyone. And this paper was uh, in Nature, Nature Neuroscience. And it's called pericytes of the neurovascular unit, which is, here's the neurovascular unit, here's the pericytes, here's the endothelial, here's the astrocytes. And this paper 
um, really with, for the first time, I was the co-senior author with Baroslav Zilkovich over at the Keck School of Medicine at USC. And there's my affiliation with the Systems Biology Group over at the Cytosol Research Division. And Melanie Sweeney um, was a postdoc on this. And so as the abstract says, what are pericytes? Pericytes. Pericytes are vascular mural cells, right? Embedded in the basement membranes of blood microvessels. So there's a capillary and there's a pericytes embedded in the basement membrane right here. Okay, that's what that means, okay? They extend their processes along capillaries. So pre-capillary arterioles and post-capillary venules, right? So that's the stuff carrying stuff back to the lungs or stuff coming from the heart, okay, the oxygenated blood. And that's what you see here. So here's the capillaries and they extend across, I'm sorry, here's the pericytes and they extend, here's red one, red one here and over here. That's what that means, okay? The central nervous system, CNS pericytes are uniquely positioned within the neurovascular unit between endothelial cells, astrocytes and neurons. And there you go, right? So they're between, here's the astrocyte, here's a neuron and they're between these guys, all right? And it says they integrate. So this is what pericytes do. They integrate, coordinate, and process signals from the neighboring cells to generate diverse functional responses that are critical for the central nervous system. By the way, they also do this for the cardiac system, right? Um, including regulation. In this case, it's a blood-brain barrier, permeability, angiogenesis, which is what's called vascularization, clearance of toxic metabolites, capillary hemodynamic responses, neural inflammation in the heart in general inflammation, and stem cell activity, all right? And then it says here we examine the key signaling pathways between the pericytes and other neighboring endothelial cells, astrocytes, et cetera. So if you have a chance to read this paper, which you can get, in fact, what I'm gonna do for the interest of everyone, I'm just gonna post this. So everyone asks us, I'm gonna post it up here so you guys can see this right here, okay. So I just posted it up on there if you guys want to see it. So you guys have a link to it, all right? Um, but anyway, going back to this, what the major contribution that my work did was to really, along with USC's, we not only characterize these pericytes, but the key thing that we did was we literally mapped out all the molecular pathways. And more specifically, the work really went through and it did a complete systems biology map of the pericytes. And we're going to take you through because the picture says a thousand words to the diagrams here. So we did a first time that it had been done in this field of uh, neuroscience. We've done a complete mapping of the, so here is a capillary, as you notice here, as you can see here. And here are these pericytes, pericytes, which are these structures which surround the basement membrane which surround the endothelial cells. Here's another way of looking at it. Here's the endothelial cell. We're looking at a cross-section, there's the pericytes. And so the pericytes, the endocytes, uh, sorry, the endothelial cells are in between the astrocytes. The, the neurovascular units, the pericytes, the endothelial and the astro astrocytes. And what we did was we mapped, we went through every major paper in the literature and we did a complete systems biology mapping. So here, all the molecular pathways in the endothelial. And you see the endothelia is involved in all sorts of important things. And then here is every pathway that was done over here in the 
uh, uh, pericytes themselves, okay? And then here's everything that was done between the pericytes and the endothelial. But one of the important contributions that I made to this important work was really um, understanding how all of these diseases, Alzheimer's, ALS, cancer, are related to dysfunctions in these particular signaling pathways, which intersect between the endothelial over here, the pericytes over here, or the astrocytes, okay? And this important diagram was one of the important things that our work at Cytosolve contributed with our colleagues at USC, okay? And it was the first time that we were literally mapped, it's really a systems architecture. Now, when you look at this, and you go back to one of these important diagrams, you see that the pericytes are involved in the contraction and capillary constriction. So what do I mean by that? All right, so let me explain what I mean. So you have this long tube, okay? And the pericytes are sticking on the sides of this tube, right? Which is a capillary, it's at the micro level. And what's important is the pericytes control the constriction or the dilation of that tunnel. So if you can think about it, the pericytes can squeeze it or let it dilate. So vasoconstriction or vasodilation, okay? That's what these pericytes do at that very, very deep level. Now, what's fascinating is a paper recently came uh, a couple of, about a year, a couple of months ago, and I'm gonna show that to you, um, which, uh, through various citations also referred to our work, which was done back in 2015. But this paper, let me bring, bring it up here. It says SARS-CoV-2 triggers pericyte-mediated cerebral capillary constriction, okay? And it's a very nice paper, and this just came out in July 22nd, about a year ago, less than a year ago. And what this says is the SARS-CoV-2 receptor, ACE2, is found on pericytes contractile cells and wrapping capillaries that regulate brain, kidney, uh, sorry, brain, heart, kidney flow. And what this paper basically says is that when the, the spike protein lands on the pericytes, there is a receptor on the pericytes known as ACE2. And the spike protein um, does two very interesting things, okay? Well, um, uh, the, the pericytes, on the surface of the capillaries in the brain, the pericytes themselves have a receptor. So the pericytes are a cell, they have a receptor. When the spike protein lands on this receptor, it's known as the ACE, ACE2 receptor. When it lands on that, it does something very damaging, okay? Now remember, the spike protein can come from the virus. It can also come from the vaccine itself. It's important to understand this, okay? When the spike protein lands on that AC2 receptor, which is on the surface of the pericytes, this is what this paper discovered, that it constricts the vessel. It literally squeezes it, okay? And how does it do that? Because the AC2 receptor is involved in the, in the conversion of a protein called angiotensin 2 to angiotensin 1-7. The first protein is involved in constriction, and the latter protein is involved in dilation, which means relaxation. So what happens is the spike protein lands on the surface of the pericytes and, dis and uh, disrupts the ACE2 in such a way 
that it doesn't allow the AC, ACE2 receptor to convert to angiotensin II protein, which is the vasoconstriction protein, which means it squeezes the capillary into the non to the vasodilation protein, angiotensin one and two, um, one through seven. So what this means is it basically there's more of the vasoconstriction protein, so it squeezes the capillaries. Everyone following me? So it squeezes the capillaries, and when it does this, it basically constricts blood flow. Okay, so that's one thing that the spike protein disruption to the pericytes does. The other thing it does is that in the brain, it also causes blood clots because there's another factor called VWF, which is a, a, a clotting factor. And the disruption of the AC2 receptor by the spike protein also causes this clotting factor to be initiated. So in the brain pericytes, right? So going back to the diagram here. So um, in the brain pericytes, so again, you have the capillaries. In the case of neural pericytes, on the surface of this pericyte are the AC2 receptor. And in the case of the brain pericytes, the effect of the spike protein landing on the pericytes, because remember the spike protein can go anywhere, um, it literally will cause constriction as well as uh, thrombosis, okay? Which is blood clotting, all right? So, um, this is important to understand, which means a spike protein can affect thrombosis, blood clots in the brain, as well as constriction of blood flow, which can cause all sorts of mental issues, right? Um, and you can imagine what happens if you constrict blood flow to the brain or you have clots in the brain. Okay, that's one. Earlier work also showed that pericytes are also in the heart, right? Pericytes, remember, they're on all these capillaries. So if we go to the heart case, another important paper, which also secondarily referenced our work in pericytes, and you can go study that, um, was this paper that was done by in Clinical Science in London by Avolio. And it says SARS-CoVT spike protein disrupts human cardiac, so this is not in the brain, but human cardiac pericytes function through CD147 receptor-mediated signaling, a potential non-infective mechanism of COVID-19 microvascular disease. So what does this mean, okay? What this research showed was the following. Um, I, I wanna sort of decipher this work for you so it makes it easier. What this research showed fundamentally was that, again, in the heart, you have pericytes, and when the spike protein landed on a different receptor on the pericytes called CD147. Remember, functionality varies from a system standpoint. So in the brain pericytes, the AC2 receptor is affected, but in the heart pericytes, the CD147 receptors affected. And in this case, what they uh, shared was that the spike protein landing on the cardiac pericytes uh, resulted through processes, through inflammation and the likely upregulation leading to cardiac um, vascular thrombosis, essentially blood clots, okay? Now, so we have two very important papers relating to our work that we did back in 2015 on the general functionality of pericytes, which was very important work. 
in fact, our work has been cited uh, quite broadly right now. All right, but what's important to understand is we have a mechanistic, a systems biology mechanistic understanding of how the pericyte dysfunction can lead to thrombosis in the brain, blood clots, as well as constriction in the brain and in the heart, definitely blood clots, okay? Now, so let's call the blood clotting, you know, thrombosis, okay? And the constriction, constriction, which we, this research, the recent research shows occurs in the brain. Now, the important thing to understand is that when they did the studies on the three vaccines, the Oxford vaccine, which is really your sort of standard vaccine, it's not the mRNA vaccine, which is what the Pfizer vaccine is in the Moderna. Remember, in the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna, you're getting mRNA put into you, and your body makes the spike protein to um, incite your immune system to make the antibodies. In the case of the Oxford vaccine, they're actually giving you the spike protein, okay? Big difference. So question to everyone. Um, they did the side effect research or the adverse clinical trials, and it showed among those three vaccines, the Moderna mRNA vaccine, the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, and the Oxford traditional vaccine, they also showed that there were, in their research, a very small percentage of people got a CVT, cardiac a ventricular, uh, sorry, cardiac vascular thrombosis, okay, which is blood clots. Guess which of those three vaccines had the highest amount, again, very small percentage numbers among the population, which of those three vaccines had the highest amount of CVT thrombosis? Any answers? Okay. Well, the, believe it or not, I was a little surprised, it was the Oxford vaccine, which is a traditional vaccine. It's not the mRNA vaccine, all right? So that means that there was a higher proclivity of you getting CVT, cardiac vascular thrombosis, from the Oxford vaccine is where they're giving you the spike protein versus the Moderna and the Pfizer. And these are what the data is out there. Now, the spike protein, you can actually get it if you got COVID, okay? So there's two sources. So the question is, uh, people are sitting around saying, oh my God, I don't want to get COVID. All right, so what do you do? Well, if you get COVID, you're going to get the spike protein and it's going to circulate in your blood. And there's a chance you can get blood clots from the virus itself. You get the vaccine, there's a, according to the data, a smaller percentage that you can get it from one of those vaccines, highest among the Oxford, okay? So who gets blood clots? Well, this is very interesting because there are some people, you know, as people age, they start getting blood clots and they have to take these blood thinners. They give them things like Plavix. Um, there is a natural source that comes out of soy called natal kinase, which also causes thinning of the blood. But anyway, there are certain genetic types or people based on what they eat, aging, diet, that have a proclivity for coagulation of the blood, right? Um, and this, let's say that's a certain population group. So imagine that that population group exists, you know, typically it's a smaller population group than the larger uh, group. So that means there's a, a certain group of people who are have a proclivity for getting blood clots. That's why as people age, they give these people these blood thinners. And obviously their diets probably affect that coagulation too. Now, there's been a lot of talk by the grifters on the internet. Oh my God, this athlete's saying, oh my God, this athlete's saying, this athlete, this child. Okay. 
So we have to go back to the science. If they indeed had a blood clot, how did they get it? How did they get it? Well, it could be various possibilities. One is they had a blood clot because it had nothing to do with the vaccine. They had it because they have a proclivity for it and they had a blood clot and they died. Okay, that's one case. The other case is very important to note this. There are steroids. It's a known fact that people who take heavy steroid use increase their chance of blood clots. Okay, which means people like athletes who may be taking steroids to pump themselves up. Okay, so we independent of the vaccine, there's one group of people who have a proclivity for blood clots, they could get it. If athletes are taking steroids, they can get it. Okay, so let's put those two groups over here, the people who have a chance for getting for genetic and athletes. Now take the case, someone gets the virus, independent of the vaccine, they get it. And if you're in one of these two groups, you're taking a shitload of steroids and you get the virus, which means you actually get exposed to it, there's a chance that you're gonna increase your risk, right? Because you're already taking steroids. And I just shared with you, the spike protein can cause thrombosis in the brain and in the heart. So you've just increased your risk, okay? Same with the people who have a family history of getting blood clots. If they get exposed to the virus, they've increased their risk, okay? You just, it's all probability. Now take the other case. There's a case of the athletes who have, who are taking steroids and there's, and by the way, there could be other factors. I'm just choosing steroids. And there's the people who have the high risk of blood clots and they get injected with the Oxford vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine or the, uh, the Moderna vaccine. We know that there's a very small percentage according to the reported data, hopefully they're telling the truth. And that's a whole nother discussion that once you get that, there's a, you increase your percentage. So this is really a probability game, okay? So I think the prudent thing to recognize here is if you're an athlete and you're, you're so let's look at the worst case. You're an athlete, you're taking steroids and you come from family histo blood clotting and you either get exposed to the SARS virus or you get the vaccine, you basically increase probability wise your ability to get the blood clot or thrombosis, okay? Or in the case that we showed with the brain, essentially vasoconstriction, okay? Because the spike protein essentially increases our probability. That's very important to understand. So, you know, obviously you would advise an athlete, hey, get off the steroids, um, boost your immune system, which is what we've talked about, so you can fight the virus and check out if your family has a history of blood clots, right? These are things that should be really the advice, not the grifting on this. And no one's doing that except our movement that we're doing right here. So that's why I wanted to do this to give you a systems biology approach to this. So in summary, what you really wanna think about is we have from the work we did back in 2015 on the fundamental work we did on pericytes, from the recent works that's been done on the spike protein with cardiac pericytes and spike protein with neural pericytes, we know in the brain, that's a spike protein can lead to a processes that can cause vasoconstriction of the blood, uh, blood vessels in the brain, as well as thrombosis in the brain through the ACE2 receptor. At the heart level, in summary, we know that through the CD147 receptor on the pericytes, you can lead also to thrombosis, okay? But also step back and take a prudent approach to talk about risk factors. So if you have young people who are pumping iron or whatever they're doing and taking steroids, they've just increased their chance of getting 
blood clots anyway. And if you come from a family history of getting blood clots, you're doubly increased. And then you're getting exposed to the virus without proper um, support for immune system. You're in a very, very high risk group. And that's the way we want to think about this. Okay. And as many of you know, since 2019, 2020 and beyond, I've been a big proponent of telling you that we need to focus on natural immunity, boosting the immune system. It was our movement in 2019, 2020, which put out many videos talking about the immune system and boosting it. It was our movement that led the exposing of Fauci. It wasn't these doctors, for God's sake, don't give the credit to these doctors. It was our movement on my work that did that. Credit should go where it's deserved. Because right now these doctors are scrambling to try to take credit when I tweeted out this guy, Jay Bhattacharya, they found another brown guy. It's very interesting what they're doing to subsume our work. And this guy's all top down. He's over at Stanford, which is essentially the center of the CIA and acting as though he was, oh, I was, you know, I was shut down. I was attacked. Well, this motherfucker, frankly, didn't do shit in 2020. In 2020, he wrote a paper and I'll bring it up right now. So you understand that this guy, Jay Bhattacharya, did a a real disservice in 2020 while we were out there in the streets on airways exposing the fact that we need to build natural immunity we should not do these lockdowns we should not force kids with masks this guy Bhattacharya not only is there a latecomer but he's a scumbag okay and we need to understand his scumbagginess by what I'm just going to share with you right here okay and it's, it's a very, that's a new word, scumbagginess, okay? And that's what he did. And what he did here, I want to show you the paper that he wrote back in the middle of all the crisis. And you're going to see it right here, okay? Um, let me bring it up here. It's really, really important to call these people out and not give them one, one ounce of credit for the bullshit that they did, okay? Here's a paper that Bhattacharya wrote right here. It's called Visualizing the Impossible. This was done in August of 2020. Now, by August of 2020, I had already done hundreds of videos telling people that these lockdowns were unnecessary. We had done actually an entire um, an entire international conference on vaccines. We'd done it exposing the bullshit. We'd done an entire conference exposing the masks. What was but, he should change his name to but, B-U-T-T. What was Bhattacharya doing? Well, Bhattacharya writes this paper with all of his other doofuses over at at Stanford, okay? And in this paper, as you'll notice, look what he says. Okay, he's saying, oh my God, things are asymptomatic. And he goes, our study suggests that until vaccination and treatment become available, which means he's pro-vax, increasing population awareness, encouraging increased hygiene, mandating the use of face masks, restricting travel, lockdowns, and promoting physical dis distancing could be the most successful strategy to manage the impact of COVID-19 on both our economy and our healthcare system. This motherfucker was for lockdowns, okay? This guy was for lockdowns. Jay Bhattacharya was for lockdowns in the most critical period in 2020. The data is right there. He wrote a paper on this. And now the politicians and the celebrities are praising him. They're not praising me and our movement, which actually did the real work. They don't want this brown-skinned guy, this field slave, to get the credit. They chose a brown-skinned house slave. 
He's over at Stanford. Don't give this guy credit. Have you been to Stanford? Beautiful manicured lawns. He got his posh office and he's boo-hoo-hoo. He didn't want to really go against the Stanford colleagues or or a Stanford uh, titty that feeds him. He was out there writing papers in 2020 promoting lockdowns. He's a bastard. And then in 2021, he starts tweeting, oh, I'm against lockdowns now. After Pfizer made $80 billion. You get it? These guys are scumbags. So I'll do a whole video on this scumbag, but I wanted to get this in because I'm, it makes me so angry because these people do not deserve the credit. They were the ones who promoted lockdowns at the most critical time. And then they got people running around saying, oh, Jay Bhattacharya, what a nice guy. He's a hero. Bullshit. He's not a hero. He's a scumbag. Okay. Yes, these individuals knowingly promoted lockdowns. They're sitting in their beautiful, posh elite offices, and they want working people to bow down to them. No, you have to support the real heroes. The work that we did back in 2020, we called them out, okay? We didn't suck up to MIT. We didn't suck up to Yale and Harvard. We put our money where our mouth was, our reputations on the line. These guys didn't. They want to have their cake and eat it too. But again, you can see the problem they have with the Truth for the Health movement is they got Guys like me, guys like Jamie and others who are on the ground. You're looking at a real scientist who publishes the major journals, but gets on the ground and fights for you and encourages you to fight for yourself, not outsource your future. And that is why the movement, thank you very much. This is excellent. Chris Dull, Ivory Tower Dicks. We have to use curse words against these people. It's very important to use the right curse word at the right time against the right people. So please call these people scumbags. They are assholes. They're motherfuckers. They should, they, their MD title should become the MF title. Okay? Because it was our movement that did this in 2019 and 2020. These guys waited much later. You know, in their little suit jackets, calling themselves MDs. Bullshit. They're motherfuckers. Okay? They're motherfuckers. Cuss word, not curse words. Yes. Curse at these people. It's very important to curse at them. Um, if you want, I can talk about Perry sites. I can use, you know, 10 syllable words, but I really like calling these people what they are. They are motherfuckers. Okay. And teach your kids these words. Okay. Your kids should learn how to curse these people at the right time. It's very, very important. They should not be told, oh, don't use curse words. No, they should use curse words. They should use good words too for good people, but they should use bad words for these people. They deserve it. There's no forgiveness here. So it's very important to understand that the work that we did in 2015 has become the basis for this work in discovering how the spike protein, either from the vaccine or from the uh, from the virus itself, causes these blood clots. By the way, there's another motherfucker, this guy Malothra. This guy, wait, this guy waited until something happened to his papa. Then it becomes an issue for him. Up until then, he was fine with the vaccines. You see, these MDs, are slime balls, selfish bastards. Only when it affects them do they do anything, quote unquote, noble, okay? Dr. Malone was part of the problem. He wasn't calling out Fauci at all in 2020, okay? Don't give him credit. I didn't see him on the streets distributing flyers. I didn't see him at any demonstration. I didn't see him at the hashtag fire Fauci. Where were these guys in 2020? They all suck up to Robert Kennedy, who's, by the way, pro-vaccine, okay? So please, there's a whole set of 
grifters here who are supported top down by the establishment to ensure that they hijack the movement from the true bottoms up movement, which is a movement for truth, freedom, health. So all of you listening, do two things. Share this video with everyone because they're doing massive shadow banning on us. Get the word out. Tell the truth. Fight for freedom. Fight for your health. Join the movement for truth, freedom, and health. And I'll play our video, which will inspire you. Share this video with everyone. But it's time we call out these MDs, these celebrities, these political politician grifter motherfuckers. Go look at where they were in 2020. Don't give them an inch. And you'll see in 2020, they were pushing the vaccines. They were pushing lockdowns. They made money doing that. They didn't put their butt on the line. And then they switched later on. They want their cake and eat it too. And don't excuse, oh, well, they changed their mind. No, these people have the luxury of changing their mind because they want to now go get grant funding for that. They move from here to here to here and they want to have their cake and eat it too. Do not give these bastards any credit, okay? Give credit to the Movement for Truth, Freedom, Health, the work that we did. Three, four videos every night. You can see educating people on natural immunity, not talking about it after the house is burned down. That's what these guys are doing. Anyway, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Come to our open house, which is tomorrow, so you can meet amazing people. We have to build the bottoms up movement for truth, freedom, and health, where you will learn science, where you will learn about health, and you will learn how to build a movement. But come to our orientation tomorrow. Um, and there you go, guys. Um, build the movement for truth for the mouth. It's the only movement that deserves to be built and grown. Don't give your money to anyone else. Support yourself and your advancement. I'll be right back after this um, message for truth, freedom, and health. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. Mm -hmm. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We wow. got to train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is, it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. 
Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done, and it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on Vias and Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, in closing, I just want to answer a couple of questions. We have uh, uh, one person here who asks a very interesting question. She says, Dr. Shiva, why do you waste your energy on blaming compromised individuals? All right, it's very, very important that we expose these individuals because, and this, please come to the orientation tomorrow at vashiva.com slash orientation, you can RSVP. You see, the obvious establishment is easy to identify, like I said in the video, it was easy to know that the Romans were the enemy. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the ones who are important to expose. As someone just wrote here, um, you know, Jesus called out the Pharisees, vipers and whitewashed tombs or, or bones, right? And didn't cut them any slack. It's very important. It is the Robert Kennedys. It is the Malones. It is the Jay Bhattacharyas. It is 
the Tucker Carlson's, the people who talk a good game, but when you really unravel it, they are the ones who are the real enemies because they never say the right thing at the right time. They're part of the establishment. And when you expose them, guys like me, I call myself a field slave because uh, I'm not a good Indian like these other brown guys are who are part of the establishment, okay? If you look at this, um, let me uh, expose this very clearly. There's someone else to answer this question over here. They said, oh, Bobby Kennedy is a nice guy, okay? Well, you don't understand Bobby Kennedy is a scumbag. He's a hypocrite. In his own house, he had a party and everyone had to be vaccinated to go to his home. And people forgive him. Why? Because he has a Kennedy name. If you're doing that, then you're a star fucker. All right. Here's a reality. And I'm going to play you a video. This is Robert Kennedy saying he's emphatically pro-vaccine and wants policies which support vaccination of all Americans. And please stop. If you're supporting these fools and you're being fooled by them, this is why we're in the condition we're here today, because people support these idiots, okay, who are actually charlatans. So let me play this video for you. Let me play that again. Okay. So there you go, right? So we had to do the dirty work. Oh, someone says they can't hear the sound. All right, so let me stop the screen and play the sound again, okay? I guess I have to play the sound. Share tab in audio. Here we go. All right. Chrome tab. All right. So there we go. Now let me play it again since someone said they didn't hear it. asked me to address the issue of vaccines and African-American and vaccine safety. I want to start out by saying this, and I want to say it emphatically. I am pro-vaccine. I am. I have always been fiercely pro-vaccine. I had all six of my children vaccinated, and I believe that we ought to have policies that encourage full vaccination for all Americans. All right, so everyone heard that, right? So here's the reality. You see, the bottom line is all of these guys are top-down. Kennedy, Stanford, Bhattacharya, all of these MDs. And the reason they are getting so much media right now is because they know our movement exists, which has independently been educating 200, 300 million people globally like you. And these douchebags, right word, thank you, um, are about ensuring that a bottoms up movement doesn't build. So they hijack movements. All right. So yes, never heard of sharing. Yeah, you should share it because I had to do the dirty work and expose it. And when I did, people got angry with me for telling the truth. Robert Kennedy, he waited until October 2021 to write a book on Fauci plagiarizing our stuff. These people want you to suck up to them and they don't want you to get off your butt and build a bottoms up movement. All right. That's why we need to build a bottoms up movement. That's why I come to our orientation tomorrow and be part of this. Forget these celebrities. Forget these politicians. 
Forget these MDs, okay? For God's sake. Hippocrates said, he who is not his own doctor is a fool. All right? So let's get with the program, guys. The movement for truth, freedom, and health exists. You have no excuse not to support this and build this movement, okay? That's what we need to do. All right. Thank you, everyone. Be the light. TruthFreedomHealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. We've laid it out all for you. We made it affordable for everyone. You have no excuse. And by the way, when you go through the, the program, we've set up a scholarship where you can give the courses and everything to as many children as you want. So there is no reason for you to follow these scumbags anymore. You must be critical. You must curse at them. Please curse at them at the right person at the right time. Don't let anyone say, oh, I don't like curse words. Well, they have other problems if that's what's bothering them, okay? All right, everyone, have a good day, and I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be doing um, more videos, and just be aware that Elon Musk is another false god. He is eating away my followers on Twitter. He's literally choking us. He's literally trying to put me in a little cage. It's not free speech. He's controlling the reach. All right? Be well, be the light. Thank you.